0: Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Carraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Sally Deo Gloria Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Dew, and I am coming to you from the road. Yes, I am not in my normal place that I do a podcast. That may mean it sounds a little different, but that's okay. I have this uh, to-go set up. So uh, I just wanted to do an episode while I'm here. I am actually in Conway, Arkansas, and over here tonight at Grace Baptist Theological Seminary and Grace Baptist Church where Dr. James White lectured uh, and gave just a, a beautiful lecture from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, it, was, it was just a beautiful time in the Scriptures and, and looking at the world's wisdom, which has been made foolish uh, or moronic by God, and how we should stand in the face of persecution and opposition based on the authority of the Scriptures and the authority of Jesus. Now, it was such a great... Uh, time in the Word, such a great time together. And it had me thinking. So uh, also today is the day where many of you may have seen that John MacArthur's church, uh, they had uh, sued the state of, uh, not the state, but the um, county of L.A., L.A. County, and um, because they couldn't worship, right? They were told to shut down and they were defying the government and uh, worshiping Christ and not Caesar. So uh, they sued, and as of right now, they are able to meet and worship together. And I think I read where they're going to uh, abide by mask laws, social distancing laws until the full hearing can happen. But as of right now, John MacArthur's church can meet legally. Uh, I say legally, it's really um, per their First Amendment right to be able to do so, right? That's why they were suing in the first place, because they have a First Amendment right to gather to worship, and that's what they wanted to do. So uh, they have won this so far, but uh, one of the things that I, I think that we can easily overlook is, yes, this is a big win for Christianity, for the church, for uh, John MacArthur's church in particular at Grace Community. Yes, they have been, uh, they're able to sing, they're able to gather with no attendance cap, but this is just the beginning of, Of what could potentially be a long and drawn out hearing when it comes to uh, this precedent that's happening right there in LA County with this church going up against the government. So, as of right now, praise God, Grace Community Church does have the right and has been awarded uh, by the government the right to be able to gather, to worship, to sing, to do all the things that they do on the Lord's day. So, that, that has me thinking, and I want you to think along with me, as I'm thinking back to what uh, Dr. James White lectured about tonight as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Of course, I am not going to exegete this passage on here. I'm not going to attempt to do what uh, Dr. White did tonight. I, I just thought it was uh, great what he did. Uh, you should be able to, to listen to that. Uh, if I find that, I will link it in the show notes because it was a really good night in the Word with James White, had a brief question and answer afterwards, but I, it got me to thinking. We're in this world where so many things are getting ready to change. So many things have already changed. We've already seen so much happen over the past five months with COVID 19, with uh, the government and the, the tyrannical governments, and uh, now churches starting to defy the government. You're starting to see a, a really heavy hand on churches in a lot of different states. We've already talked a lot about that. We're not going to recap any of that stuff. But you see this happening, you see it playing out. And it leads me to think, and and it's kind of in line with Dr. White has been saying, if you've been listening over the past few years, but really recently on the dividing line and and different things that he's been on, he has really been pushing this fact that content, Christian content on YouTube, on the internet, uh, wherever you may find Christian content, it may not, actually he says it will not remain there. There's coming a time very soon in the near future that these Christian publications will be taken down off of YouTube and other major platforms. So it really has me thinking as we we can debate, we can argue, and, and you know I don't like that word argue, I don't like to talk about that as, especially when we're in brothers and sisters in Christ, but a loving argument I guess or a gentle uh, disagreement, we can agree to disagree or we can agree to. Uh, and somebody just might flat out disagree, but I, I do think that we are starting to see the smaller portions of what would be Christian persecution here in America. Now, I say that because if you look at China, if you look at the church in China, you see that they are taking uh, so many hits. I mean, there's explosions, there's um, people coming up missing, you know, Christians coming up missing. Uh, they're taking beatings, explosions, pastors and leaders being arrested, um, churches being demolished simply because they are gathering together. And China is a communist country, and they are replacing everything there uh, with the Chinese government and the state there being God and not the one true God. So they're persecuting Christians heavily in China. So if you were to look at the path that the United States of America is headed down, we are almost set up perfectly to look just like China in the very near future, which means that true, if you want to call it true persecution, can land on our soil in the next two to five years, if not sooner. And that's just my prediction. And uh, God could have different things planned. God could have a, a totally different way of doing things and something planned out there. But we Christians need to be prepared for the coming persecution. I believe I've talked about this before. And I know I've said that I believe that what we're seeing with these churches being shut down and not allowed to meet, I feel like that this is the beginning or the rumblings of persecution starting to happen because you have the state trying to... Play God, so to speak, or trying to shut God out, or trying to limit the preaching of the gospel. Now, one thing I will tell you is Romans chapter 11 is clear that God has chosen for himself a remnant. Uh, The true church, the remnant will prevail. The remnant, the church will come through. The church will not be defeated because God has chosen that remnant already so we know that the church will not be defeated yet the state is trying to stop the preaching of the gospel stop the singing of the gospel and once they can't i believe you'll start to see another step taken to where it becomes more and more uh, like real persecution as we would know it so uh so with that being said and after what i've heard tonight from dr james white is what are we going to do as believers? What are you going to do as a believer? Sadly, I'm, I'm part of many Facebook groups on uh, Facebook and uh, many Christian groups, and I see a lot of professing believers able to vote for the left. And I'll just say this without being too political. but Let me say this, though. So I do believe there is... Um, an overstep when it comes to political statements from the pulpit potentially. However, when it comes to politics and the Bible and Christ and our Christian life, politics and our Christian life go hand in hand. They are not exclusive They are not um, separate. These two things go hand in hand because you have to look at your biblical worldview to vote for a president. So if you have a biblical worldview that says murdering babies in the womb is, is murder, it's sinful, then you cannot, in good conscience, in my opinion, vote for a party that murders babies in the womb and even murders babies in the womb up to the day they're born. So I don't think you can in good conscience vote for a party like that. Now, we could go back and forth even on that. However, w- politics and our Christian life, are, are one the, they're not one and the same, but they go hand in hand. So we have to be very careful when it comes to our Christian life. What are we going to do? Who are we going to vote for? Now, I'm not asking you that to, to tell me because I don't care. But what are you going to do when it comes to your conscience, the Holy Spirit inside of you? What are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? But let me move past that. When political parties or the government or people in society or in our culture come to you and say, you can't call sin, sin. You can't call homosexuality a sin. You can't call abortion sin. You can't call this transgenderism sin. You cannot call, um, you name it right? Whatever sin is, and we want to call it out and, and lovingly call sin out. When the government says, you cannot do this because this is a made-up fairy tale, your God is a fill-in-the-blank, right? There's so many things that can be said about God, especially from a, um, a worldly perspective or an unbeliever's perspective. They don't believe in God, so they think he's a fairy tale or uh, some other off-the-wall thing that they could come up with. So what are you going to do as a believer? That's what we were challenged with tonight. What are you going to do as a believer when you have to stand in the face of opposition? What are you going to do when you lose your job for preaching the gospel, when you stand up for what's ethical, when you stand up for what's right and you base it off biblical principles and a biblical worldview? What are you going to do? Uh, when we have to continually go into the highways and the byways and go into the world and make disciples and we get shut down at every corner. What are we gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna stand firm on the gospel, stand firm on the word of God? Or are you gonna crawfish and give in to whatever's going on at the time? Are you gonna give in? Are you gonna bow the knee? Are you gonna se- essentially bow the knee to Caesar? Or are you gonna stay faithful to the word of God and give God glory and exalt Christ no matter what the situation brings. I know of a uh, a guy that I used to know, he uh, was preaching the gospel at his work, and his boss says, if you keep preaching the gospel, I'm gonna fire you. And he said, well, you're gonna have to fire me because I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel. And he got fired, and he had to look for a new job, and it was tough on his family for a while, but he was preaching the gospel and got fired. And uh, he wasn't going to back down. So we're living in a world now, this was several years ago, but we live in a world now where we are suppressed at every level. We are being oppressed. The voice of the believers in the Christian church is being drowned out by the culture, by the world around us. So that means that either Christians aren't doing their jobs or we just got to speak louder. We got to dig in and continue to move forward trusting Christ calling sin, sin, lovingly calling people to repentance and faith and let God deal with the hearts of those. But what are you going to do? We cannot just stand by and let this happen. We can't stand by and watch people die and go to hell. One of the things that I heard tonight as well, and I'm going to paraphrase this, is Dr. White said that we live in a land here in America that is just rampant with sin from the abortion of babies to the way we treat marriage to the way we treat each other Uh, this nation is such a sinful nation and if God doesn't do something about it he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah now that hit me like a ton of bricks like thinking that this could very well be judgment coming very soon to the United States of America because we have bowed the knee to Caesar, we have lived a godless life, a a a life that is not god-centered christ-exalting and i'm talking about america as a whole overall and you have even believers that claim to be believers that really aren't believers they're just saying they're believers when they're really not so we live in this wicked nation and god judges the wicked so we have to be prepared for a coming judgment from god now what does that look like who knows uh, I was reading just here a few minutes ago in, in Luke chapter 15, in the story of the prodigal son, it, when the, the son squandered all of his money, a famine hit. So you can almost look at this and say, well, that's a judgment of God. And, and many times when there's a famine, there is a judgment of God in the Bible. So you have this, this, uh, this son that squanders his money, and then boom, a famine hits. Could a famine be in our near future? If you go to the grocery store right now, I'm willing to bet that on the canned food aisle, you're going to see large cans of food that weren't there five months ago. At the beginning of COVID, all through the first three months of this shutdown and lockdown, those large cans weren't there. And I'm not trying to be a doomsday prepper or anything like that, but I want you to be aware that there could be something coming that God is going to judge this land, and we have to be prepared to still stand firm, even in the face of God judging a wicked nation. That could be fires, that could be uh, earthquakes, that could be uh, COVID-19 even. we, We don't really know what God has planned and what he is using as as a judgment, but we have to be willing to say, as believers, whatever happens, I am gonna to continue to stand firm on the word of God. I am not gonna bow the knee. I'm not gonna give in, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna to continue to remain faithful, even amidst a faithless world. And here's our hope, that Christ said that he was going to build his church. And then again, if you were to look at Romans chapter 11, you see there is a remnant there chosen by God to be the church, to carry out the things with faithfulness that he has called us to do. So what is us? What does it look like for us? What are we going to be? What are we going to do? Are we going to be part of that remnant? Or are we going to be uh, part of ones that bow down and we, we we back off because we don't want to lose our life, we don't want to lose our churches, we don't want to lose our voice, we don't want to lose our platform, whatever the case may be. Our brothers and sisters in China are experienced persecution in major levels, and it is not just in China. There's persecution amongst brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world, and they are standing faithful. They're standing firm. They're remaining faithful. They're giving God glory, exalting Christ, and building one another up in the midst, and we want to look at China and say, well, that's a long way off. They're far away from us when really Uh, like I said, America is poised to look just like China in the very near future if something doesn't change. And it very well could be God's judgment on America for continuing to kill babies, for continuing to live godless uh, lives and not giving him glory and exalting Christ and making disciples as he's told us to do. So we have to remain faithful. And this is The call. This is just a short, and I know I've rambled, and uh, that's okay, but I just had some thoughts here. I couldn't go to sleep. It's actually uh, 12.15 a.m., and uh, we have another conference day tomorrow, so I probably should get in the the bed, but I couldn't because of the things I've heard tonight, the things that I've read on my own time, and just thinking through a lot of stuff, thinking about my life, thinking about even your life as believers as we move forward in this wicked and, and messed up world. One of the biggest things that I, I love from this this chapter in First Corinthians chapter one. And, and, and let me just read it here, starting in verse eighteen. "For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, "I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning, I will thwart. Where is one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? You see, the wisdom of the world today is that we should accept transgender, uh, the transgender movement. We should accept LGBTQ. We should accept a Black Lives Matter movement. We should accept all of these things. We should accept socialism. We should accept communism communism we should accept all of these things that are not good and call them good but the bible says that god has made folly and we could use the word moronic here the wisdom of the world the wisdom of the world leads to hell and there is no ma- amount of wisdom in this world that could ever save anyone we have to stand firm on the gospel of jesus christ teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's called the good news, right? So you cannot have good news without bad news. So we have to remain steadfast in calling sin what it is. It's sin. And then we also have to back it up with the good news of Jesus Christ that he came and died and rose again for sinners. So we cannot shrink back from Calling sin, sin, or like we say, calling a spade a spade. we got to do what we have to do according to what God has called us to do. And that means no matter what happens in this world, brothers and sisters, we have to stay faithful to the Word of God. I know that we all are struggling with many different things in our own personal lives. We, We have so many things going on. We still struggle with sin. We still struggle with sickness, with death, all of those things around us. We struggle with life in general, and to add persecution to that is just something that we don't even wanna think about. To add uh, living in a time where God judges this nation is something that we don't wanna think about, but we have to start wrapping our minds around this coming persecution and judgment of God, and we have to start thinking through and praying through what does that look like for us? What does that look like for our voice? What does that look like for our families? Are we going to stand firm in the midst of it all and continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ from the rooftops? Or are we going to bow the knee to our government, to our state, to anything else that is out there? Are we going to give in to the wisdom of the world? Are we going to continue to give God glory and exalt Christ by promoting boldly the gospel Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. I'm reminded of the disciples in Acts chapter 4 when they were just beaten and threatened to not be preaching the gospel anymore. And uh, they said, well, we can't do that. That's all we know. That's all we have is the gospel. And we're going to promote it. We're going to preach it. We're going to teach it. And they go back and they pray for boldness to preach the gospel amidst persecution. So saints, I want to encourage you, be praying right now for boldness, even if there is no persecution around you right now. Pray for boldness to preach the gospel with clarity, with, without fear, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have been given the means to uh, see people saved. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he's called us as believers to teach it, to preach it, and to proclaim it. So pray for that boldness, and begin praying for boldness that you would have boldness in proclaiming the gospel in the midst of persecution should it come to American soil. And I I would pray, too, that God has something else in store in his providence that it wouldn't get like we think it would. But why would he want to do that in a nation that has turned their back on him? I love you guys, and I, I know it's late. I've rambled. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee, reading the Bible, thinking through a lot of things I want you to know that I love you. I care about you, even though I don't know many of you. I thank you for listening, and uh, feel free to reach out, Dr. Matters podcast at gmail.com. Find us on the Facebook page, Dr. Matters. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find us all, the, all on the social media platforms. So thank you for listening, and uh, be an encouragement, and I'm praying for you guys. Love you.